Un Eneta Viens à moi J'arrive, Seigneur J'arrive On ne comprend pas toujours les instruments de Dieu. Un couvent n'est pas un lieu de charité, cher enfant. Pourquoi tu es là Dieu te parlera dans beaucoup de langues. Voici notre bienheureuse sœur, Benedetta. Santa Benedetta. Benedetta. Vous avez un doute La fille était au lit. Aucun miracle ne se produit dans un lit. Croyez-moi. Benedetta nous dit. Tout cela est déjà allé à ce devant. Nous devons vraiment... nous attirer les foudres du ciel. Tu es une fille intelligente. Mais intelligente, ça peut être dangereux, ma petite. C'est un signe de Dieu, l'avertissement. La peste va s'abattre sur Pécha Je ne sais pas comment Dieu fait arriver. Je sais seulement qu'il accomplit sa volonté à travers nous. N'ayez crainte. La comète est le signe que le Seigneur nous protège. Mais Dieu n'est contraint par aucune loi écrite. La fin est proche. Jouer avec moi, c'est jouer avec le feu. Au secours, Jésus Je ne désire que pour Dieu. Alors, ce menteuse Regarde Tu crois toujours après tout ce dont tu étais témoin Okay, this is movie night extravaganza. I'm just gonna go in right in with the intros. Um, talking about Benedetta tonight, completely nuts movie. Uh, I am joined, as always, by J. Andrew World. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce your your name there. <laughs> the Benvigian, the uh, the uh, actor who played the Benvigians in this. All right. <laughs> yeah, you know from from the Matrix sequels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know. Still not going to try to pronounce it. Also joined by Protonic Reversal and Conan Neutron, the secret friends, uh, you know, just off of Catterwall and uh, took a little break after that. You know, just had a new episode of Protonic Reversal out yesterday. Conan Neutron, how's it going? Much better, much better. I'm, uh, I'm not taking the bait and asking about whatever the heck Annie was on about. So there you go. We're doing okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Sounds like, sounds um, like you're coming in strong. I'm very excited <laughs> like to talk about this film. <laughs> Not taking Ooh. the bait. And just... <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to talk about this film. I liked it quite a bit. I was uh, shocked it didn't get uh, any attention whatsoever from the Oscars because I thought it was a really good one. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm happy that we decided to talk about it because I hadn't seen it yet. And I feel like everyone else had. And I love Verhoeven, but it just... You know, a two a two or a two hour and nineteen minute movie about uh, lesbian nuns. I was like, I, I don't know. Unless I'm doing it for this show, I don't know if I can like my ADHD will let me sit through that. <laughs> but it's also a, a pretty scathing indictment of organized religion as well. 
So that's, you know, like that's, there's more to it than just that. Everyone got hung up on the sexy nun parts, like the nun exploitation bit of it. And that is a piece of it. But I think that there's, there's a lot more to this than that. Yeah. I, I mean, if you, if you we, want we to watch... bring Christina in, she's, yes. uh, she's on the, she's on the margin. She's outside of the convent. We need to bring her into the convent. Christina Oaks. I'm Christina on Twitch. Uh, you know, the, the bisexual nun queen. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I were to become a nun, there's no way in hell I'm not having a lesbian affair. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> You're just going to let me go into this nunnery and not let me have some kind of lesbian affair over here? Um. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what do you expect? Sexually oppressed, like, repressed women are going to do shit. Like, in the con I, I, I don't care. I don't believe that these women are celibate. <laughs> coming on strong with that and and conan i what i, what I was saying about uh lesbian nun part is that that's like the description right it leads with that like you don't want to really know any spoilers about a movie so like you check out like what the movie's about and that's the, like all the descriptions of it led with so what i was saying is like i was like unless no, I, I do it for this, i'm not necessarily gonna you're muted that's that's the delivery system for sure like it's not like it's you know, some secret thing or anything along those lines. It's, 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 it's like all over it, but like, it's, just, I, I just think like, I feel like, like most Verhoeven movies, it's uh it's a lot more interesting and has many layers in depth that people maybe wouldn't necessarily think of if they just thought of it as a non-sploitation sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is not yeah. nude guns with big nude nuns with big guns. You know, this is uh <laughs> Uh, which actually, Paul Verhoeven would make a great. Well, yeah, they didn't really movie. have guns yet, right? Like they're 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 in a time period where <laughs> <laughs> they have like crossbows. I guess I don't know what they'd have. Swords. Trojan horses. <laughs> but this is the second plague movie I watched this year. the The last one uh, ended with Sean Bean uh, becoming a uh, a plague bomb uh, after he gets drawn and quartered. So well, we kind of lived through one too. Like yes. life's been kind of a plague movie for the last couple of years. And this kind of makes it, I, I'd assume that this movie was being written like long before COVID hit, but like yeah. in all of the, uh, all of the, the clips that I'll play um, at Cannes when they're like talking about it, when the film was released, um, which is, which is nice by the way, right? Like Kansas and France, like they probably didn't have to go far to, <laughs> to be there, but they're all on in their masks. They take the mask off to, to like talk into the microphone and stuff. It's weirdly prescient because, yeah, the whole thing is they don't, you know, they don't want to get the plague, right? So it's sort of like, well, we're dealing with the plague right now, and and it's it's interesting that like it was already kind of rolling before COVID was ever a thing, and just happened to be like of its time almost accidentally. Yeah, and the uh, yeah. book that this was based on came out in 1986, so you know, uh, it, yeah. it's uh, been in the zeitgeist for a while because she was a real person. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's based on the book A Modest Axe, The uh, Life of Lesbian Nuns in Renaissance Italy. I'll say based off of the book Verhoeven. Sister Act. Yes. Verhoeven <laughs> seems to capture the zeitgeist almost uh, accidentally at times. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. privatization is something obviously going on uh, at, at the same time that Robocop came out. But like he yep. had just gotten to the country two years before and wasn't necessarily on that whole side of it. Right. Like he wasn't engaged with politics in the United States as much. So like when um when when he wrote well he co-wrote Robocop right like it, it's something like it just happened to capture that zeitgeist same thing with Starship Troopers you know what I mean like 9-11 happened a couple of years later and then then like that militarization of uh, 
of propaganda became like you know put into full gear but he seems to have captured that zeitgeist a few years before it happened which is why the movie flopped because everyone's like what are you satirizing here and then two years later everyone's like oh <laughs> oh yeah. you're satirizing that oh we get it now yeah. <laughs> oh my bad y'all <laughs> And showgirls, no one had ever had sex before. The first couple people had sex, and they were like, "Oh, Bearhope had really captured something here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's well, just like showgirls. What? <laughs> do you know how many, many? That's how you do it. <laughs> do you know how many? Like, there's always stereotypes in adult film, and you know that they have a category dedicated to lesbian nuns. Yeah. Not like I've seen them, but whatever. <laughs> You watch them with your mom. I know it's fine. You researched them for this episode. <laughs> yes, I did. It's for research, mom. <laughs> yeah, I told her. I'm like, mom, if you see a package that looks like a wooden dildo, it's for me. <laughs> it's for research. My my, my favorite my favorite one, of course, was you know the three nuns and the you know uh, you know BBC Jesus and you know like the big big black jesus coming in there and you know i think they really uh subverted our ideas about religion here because you know you see a lot of white jesuses that's my favorite non-porno movie but anyway uh, have you, i i remember when madonna came out with like a prayer and it was so like such a big deal with burning crosses and like black jesus and i'm like it's i'm like and they say our generation's so sensitive well, yeah, I mean, but that was also the moral panic, like the the quote unquote moral majority, uh, which was yeah. neither that uh, all the theists <laughs> that like really like wanted to oppress everything, right? And, and it's weird. I didn't grow. I know I didn't grow up a religious. I didn't really grow up a dogma religion at all. And so, like that all seemed very fascinating to me. Uh, uh, and it almost as if it ha was happening to like someone else or something along those lines, because it's like, I just looked at it like an archeologist or something, but you know, it's still a thing. It's still, they still, it's just that they're in power now and like passing, you know, all the laws and uh, yeah. all the judgments of the Supreme court. And they basically fundamentally gotten their way. So you don't hear about it as much. Yeah. How I mean, much, how much do they want? Because my governor, my governor, Henry McMaster passed an anti trans youth athlete bill. And I'm like, there is yeah. not a single solitary trans youth athlete in the state of South Carolina. Name one. Well, it doesn't matter. But the, but the, but the, but the, yeah, exactly. But that is irrelevant. It, it's, yeah, it's, but, but there's it's that swimmer. You know, we, we don't want more swimmers to, to become trans. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the water. I mean, it's a... <laughs> It'll spread. It, it's it's a pool of estrogen. <laughs> but 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 the, the point is like sending sending the signal sending the smoke signal out you know it's like yeah it, it, the, the, it's just like how for many decades like they didn't actually care about banning abortion they wanted to get the people that wanted to ban abortion worked up so that they would vote and that they would donate and they would consolidate their power base the actual accomplishment of the goal was almost irrelevant to a certain degree now granted they're always like the true believers like the the dominionists the theists etc etc but you know, like for the longest time, it was, that was just another cudgel uh, to be used. And that's not new. I mean, that's something that had been around, you know, for centuries. And one of the things I like most about this, believe it or not, is not the uh, non-lesbianism, which is which is great. Uh, but the idea of utilizing these religious structures uh, and and a very smart person turning that against itself. And, you know, and is it, is it a bit of a grift? Yes, but uh, does it land? Absolutely. And Rihanna I think that, 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 over here. 
<laughs> well, and that's to me, that's like like one of the more interesting things because you see a lot of sort of like, hey, y'all, wasn't the Catholic Church bad? What with the torture and all that, like, and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, I'm I'm here for those stories. I don't really believe any organized religion is like inherently good, but the Catholic Church is especially odious. That said, not in this way. Right. I mean, like there's one of my favorite moments, my favorite flexes is, oh, Jesus didn't mention you. Yeah. Like that's an incredible moment. Well, no, because well, first she leads with she leads with, um, I really need you to come to my, you know, my abbess ceremony. And the the fuck the daughter, which apparently you're allowed to have daughters in this uh, you know, at this era, like they hadn't banned that yet. And Ooh, so right. the, the daughter, the daughter uh says, like, oh, well, I'll just stay here. And she's like, Good, Jesus didn't mention you. And that that yeah. moment just bitch slap <laughs> it's an incredible it's an incredible flex i love it so much um so I, I wanted to play this is verhoven talking about this is uh not directly a movie but this is verhoven talking about his experience with religion and this is during um his oh, uh new york film festival appearance so i thought this was interesting after what you said because i think some of it's kind of similar not specifically about the film but to talk a little bit about religion um, you know, we've, we've talked about this before. I know you do not come from a religious background, but you are, you take religion very seriously. Uh, you're somebody who studied, um, about the life of Jesus. You've written a book about, um, Jesus. So can you tell us what, where your interest in religion came from? When did it start for you? Well, it had to do with, uh, something in, uh, when I was in my twenties, when I was in a sort of kind of a crisis and went to the, uh, there was a woman that addressed me uh, on the street, in fact, and saw that I was uh, a little bit psychotic, <laughs> you could say, <laughs> anyhow, she say, you, uh, Jesus will help you. And so I went to the Pentecostal church for yeah, a couple of weeks and then I found out that it was not true. It took me time to find out that yes, when they, when the, the pastor, the minister would say, thank you, Jesus, that you are with us. Yes, I felt that Jesus is there. But then I started to realize slowly that, that Jesus or whatever I felt was really provoked by the organ music and that it was part of my own brain and that there was basically no Jesus there. And in fact, it's impossible. In my opinion, of course, and that there are a lot of people uh, feel that Jesus came back, but um, I think that is uh, really uh, impossible. Yeah. Was there a particular? So I, 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 there was a period that I I was a, a believer, but this is really short, <laughs> a couple of weeks, and um, I. But then later, of course, I started to realize that I didn't know anything about Jesus, and and I, I was. Perhaps because of what happened there in the Pentecostal church, I started to be interested in the person Jesus. And then I start to read more and more. And I think about now I collected about a thousand books about Jesus. So they are upstairs. <laughs> They're not the things that you see behind me, but it's upstairs. And um, because, of course, the, the figure and, and, the, and the, what the teachings of Jesus um, are so important for, uh, let's say, European and, and American uh, culture, you know, that, that has influenced us for thousands of years, in fact, 2000 mm -hmm. years, but nearly now. And 
I felt that was interesting and important to understand and why, uh, and, and, but I wanted to know what really, what did really Jesus do and what did he say? So I, my whole investigation about Jesus is about the historical Jesus. So that's still, I'm still buying books when there is something about Jesus that they invented or whatever. There's a new gospel or this. I mean, these things happen. We find a papyrus and then it's a new gospel or not, or it's a fraud or this. And yeah, I follow all that. And um, so I have an enormous respect for Jesus as a historical figure. Which you should. As a historical figure, great, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And also, can I say one of my favorite depictions of Jesus Christ in this? He's kind of a badass. Yeah, yeah. and he has a sword. He has a sword that he slices through people. And yeah. uh, I mean, I, I love, I love the scene. I love the scene where she goes into the trance, and then you first see Jesus with this flock, and he's just like majestically, his hair is like blowing in the wind, and has all of his sheep behind him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's real like uh, action star Jesus. Moment. Yeah. yeah, they had it at the end of the trailer. They had the the that scene. Imagine where, the Christ. Yeah. What? Oh no! Right, exactly. Yeah. Better. <laughs> Way better. He's pissed. I feel like that's the most Verhoeven story. Superstar meets like lesbian nun porn. <laughs> I feel like it's the most Verhoeven religious story ever, where he's like, "I went and then within uh, two weeks, I headed." Uh, that you know, uh, Jesus here, like the way I, I can't necessarily do the the Dutch accent, but like I just feel yeah. like I, I can't imagine anyone else telling a story like that. That's just like, you know. But then he gets obsessed with Jesus and like collects a thousand books. Like that's fascinating. Like, well, see, so and I don't want to totally dominate the conversation after being off for a couple shows, but like I, I think that it's don't interesting lie. to me. <laughs> that, what what I do? Uh, it's interesting to me that like. He didn't really grow up religious either because it really approached a subject matter as someone that was as fascinated by it as historical, uh, as history and as historical like figures and times within, you know, societal norms changing and things along those lines that like, it's almost like a, like a forensic sort of level of examination of it, which makes it more interesting to me because I think that like, I, I hate to say it as someone without any religiosity, it's really clear to me when there's like these kinds of movies and oh, this director comes from a Catholic upbringing and okay, cool, you know, good, awesome, interesting, but there's always some kind of like ineffable thing to it that just I don't know. It it it, it like comes a off Bill Maher kind of uh, insufferability, I think, is what you're looking for. for <laughs> Not yeah, necessarily, like, like it's yeah, I mean, a lot of times. What is a Jesus that uh? What? Well, well, <laughs> But even that's, Catholic directors, not, right? Like was, if, if a, they, yeah, that was a "what is a woman" joke. The yeah, fucking, I, I got it. Yeah, I acknowledged. <laughs> uh, but but like I think that there's even okay. So look at like The Exorcist or something, right? Like you know, and and actually, I I think Exorcist three is it's incredible, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, better than two. Yeah, we don't speak of two. Uh, <laughs> but, like two. Of course, you did. Uh, that's 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 like down the line in Andy film. I feel it's but beautiful like, to look at. So let's, let's just leave it at that. Yeah, and it's a shame about the rest of it. Uh, and then and then also like I, I like the idea of just of just being like everyone got to be in the ninth configuration as well. But that's a different conversation. But like the type of Catholicism displayed like within The Exorcist, you know, it's completely different than like Verhoeven's 
Catholicism, where, where it's sort of just like, look at this like casual cruelty and ac accumulation of power that's happening and like, you know, how the power dynamics can get flipped on in and of themselves. And he's kind of interested in material as like allegory. Like I watched The Northman uh, last night and I liked it and it was good. And I've evaded all of the controversy, which I guess is a bunch of people. They're like, I love that documentary, The Northmen. That was great. I want to be like that. And then other people be like, why aren't there more people of color? And it's like, do you know what this movie is about? It's, it's Vikings, <laughs> man. Like, it's like the whitest white people that ever whited. Uh, but, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I loved it because it basically might as well have been sci-fi. Because it's so far removed from our daily lives. Right. And, and, and like it introducing elements of like Nordic mythology, Nordic mythology and stuff like that and uh, things along those lines really worked. And in that way, I feel like Verhoeven sort of just like looking at like this dominance of the Catholic Church and like the plague and whatnot and look and approaching it like alien <laughs> or something along yeah. those lines. And I love that. I think that's great because I just, I, you know, there's there's a uh, such a pervasive element of religiosity that even when it's satirized or it's like treated sardonically or something along those lines it's still ubiquitous and still like a dominant cultural paradigm so to have it treated like oh no here's some weird stuff that these people believed and check this out it's crazy also check it out well you know, i i i the dildo i think that i think that <laughs> when you're looking at the, the catholic church from an outsider perspective and like I, you know, I was Catholic when I was little, like when I was younger, but we left the Catholic church really early and my mom's like family was pretty intensely Roman Catholic. And you start looking at it as an outsider from like a political perspective, you know what I mean? Right. Like, which is why yeah. people like Martin Luther um, and, you know, and Calvin, like people that left the cat, like that started these Protestant religions got upset because it was a political institution more than it was a religious institution, right? Like oh, you, could yeah. you could buy fucking, uh, you know, you, you could buy like your way to heaven or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. We believe in purgatory. And I, I and even though I'm not religious, I believe that shit. OK, I believe <laughs> it. Well, what's the thing where you yeah, you buy your way to heaven. There's a name for that. I can't remember what that. Yeah. Is. Um, that's my favorite thing about it. Bargaining? Like, oh, yeah. But that's that's what pushed Martin Luther. <laughs> uh, that's what pushed Martin Luther into writing the 95. The, yeah, yeah, which. Yeah, which. Uh, because Which is the reason why we learned I'm trying high to German the... and not low German in high school, or is it the other way around? Either way, Martin Luther is the reason why you learn a certain type of German language in high school. Indulgences. Indulgences. They called yeah, them we, indulgences. We, we saw them at the same time, both of our family. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because I was fascinated They by call it. it indulgences they call them indulgences people you know trump you know trump would fucking sell gold passes oh. to heaven if he could <laughs> and you know he would love this movie too oh yeah of course he would yeah he would just I, fast forward through all the other parts that are done yes right. we'll probably go Boring. on Pornhub and look up like specifically the scenes but like yeah, well that's I, how I we watched it. um uh was it uh kickboxer or whatever was, was he just fast forward all the talking parts just watch the fight scene yeah, I, I like that Verhoeven isn't afraid to point out that this is um, not just political, but like a lot of the people involved in it don't really believe it. Right. Like it's kind of just a bureaucracy and you're like some rich guy, like a noble or something. And you're kind of buy your way into being it's just the power guy. system. It's literally yeah. just the power system. Like the, <laughs> the actual religion part of it is for most of the people involved in it, like almost ancillary. Whereas like, you know, the poor folks, it's like literally all they have. And look back to like when there were the, those majestic churches and stuff, the whole idea was to invoke awe. 
So the only interesting architecture that wasn't like, you know, flat, three little pig style huts getting ready to be burned to the ground were these gigantic churches to invoke awe and also invoke donations and devotion. And not necessarily, you know, to, to God as proxy, but as a power structure. And and to have, again, to have Paul Verhoeven sort of like looking at all this and sort of throwing it all out there, but almost as like the examination of an alien culture is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And it hits different. I, I also like that he doesn't uh, assume that God is involved in this or not. Like you can kind of take away whichever, like yeah. you, can, you can read into this that she actually God is visited by... Like maybe maybe not all powerful Jesus the way that the Catholics think of Jesus, but like you you can read this movie as in there is a God there like there is a Jesus she's imbued with power somehow and uh, you know actually has going or this she's delusional um, or she's like, possessed by delusional. a demon you could you can make that argument too sure, sure. Um, yeah, yeah no no like, they, it's, it's yeah. open well enough to to uh, you know to to take what you want to believe. Um, uh, for which is which I think is the strongest point of it, uh, which is why right. you know those the that video I sent you of the uh, th those Catholic Nazis outside the uh, uh, showing of the film, um, you know, probably would probably get something out of the film. Um, trying to get like to this church, be like, let's go, people. It's, it's obviously much more uh, satirical, but like like much more satirical, but um, for like preacher, but, but, I, feel but like I think that's. Similar like preacher kind of does yeah. almost a similar thing where they're making fun of the institution they're making fun but like there is right. god in that right like jesse custer actually does get the word and god but god just happens to be like this petty self-obsessed um like tyrant you know what i mean like rather yeah. than like morgan uh, freeman he's not i mean he's definitely not morgan freeman he's this uh i forget he's played by mark something or another in the in the, in the show it's um, crazy that I dipped out on that show because the comic series is like one of my favorite things of all time. Yeah, uh, this, this yeah. show does not hold a candle to what that comic series it, did. The comic is so yeah, much I love the comic is and the casting good. was good too on the show. The so casting like, was good, and like yeah. and then I even like the idea that the first season is basically like a prequel almost. Like yeah, I, I like everything about it, and then I just stopped watching it. it just, I, I, I like the idea that uh, Joseph Gilgan is that guy. Like, is that? Cassidy character, like in real life, like he is, is an ex aromatic. Oh, yeah. He's like, the perfect he, Cassidy. Yeah. Like, for sure. <laughs> but um, anyway, but but uh, but to, to go back to your point, I agree that like that is a is a scathing indictment of organized religion and the Catholic Church and so. But on not in like a pushy, um, like it, it's in a way that actually not a pre genuine, not a preachy way. Would you say yeah. it's not a preachy way? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but not not sure? in a way that feels like Bill Maher is lecturing you. Like, isn't this stupid? Okay. Yeah. Like you're an idiot if you believe this. Oh gosh. Everything is up. just so depraved in this universe, I think. And this movie as well. Like this movie does the yeah. same thing on a much smaller scale, right? Like God, God might very well um have imbued her with power, but everything in this movie, including you know, sexy uh, on the cross, you know, it's okay to see me naked, Jesus. Um <laughs> you know, it, it seems petty and and uh disgruntled and um cynical and like, but but not in a way that really pushes you, like pushes your nose in it. Just in a way that like it, it creates this feeling around this whole universe. I think that Verhoeven's creating in this film, yeah. Like in a similar way, I think that Preacher does, um, with with that like cynicism, but like but not like honest cynicism. I think, like, if that makes sense. Charlie's gonna appear if you say cynicism one more time. <laughs> uh, Christina, speaking of pushy, uh, how, with a Catholic upbringing, like, how, how do you feel about all that? Like, do you agree with any of those points? Well, yeah, because my Catholic upbringing is basically my sister's the only one who did everything. 
out of all the grandkids, there's like nine of us. She's the only one who got like her communion, her okay, whatever. She had her she had everything. She did she did the whole thing. She's the only she, she got her little sandwich card stamped by the the Pope. Yeah, she's got her own little, she's got her own like name <laughs> and everything. Uh but here you go. <laughs> they tried they tried putting me in CCD class, which is basically like what leads to getting your communion and whatnot. Um I, I didn't like it. I kept asking too many questions, guys. I kept asking them, like, if Adam and Eve or have sons, then who did they have babies with? Like, I only stayed for VeggieTales and the candy after, at the end. But after a while. VeggieTales, oh, man. Yeah, what, what insidious like, propaganda that is, by the way. Like, when I first, when I first, like, saw it, and, like, yeah. it was, like, on, like, the TV at the break room in my job. I'm like, what the, what are you watching? And then, then yeah. I was like, yo, are these vegetables religious? <laughs> after like a few yeah. months my i was like i can't do this and they're like yeah you can't do this so they tried putting yeah. me in like like a like a like one of those like more like christian churches where there's a bit ba- like a folk band they're singing a dance and i'm over here like having to fill in like things like like uh like excerpts from like the bible or whatever and i'm over here like about to fall asleep i'm like i'm sorry guys like it was destined in my blood to not be a religious person it just really was i was and, just I, I can't stop thinking now about veggie tales and imagining the broccoli being like it's adam and eve not adam and steve <laughs> <laughs> but also too like a lot of people don't understand that there's a difference between between jesus the person and jesus the christ Jesus the Christ, they call him the Christ. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, folks. People let me are talking you. about him more and more. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's on a cross. Jesus, just like me, persecuted. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of hypocrisies that go on within like being like Catholic. Newsflash. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like oh, even like even my Uma was like oh i wasn't allowed to use birth because she was catholic and I'm, she was like i wasn't allowed to use birth control i'm like yeah that's why you had six kids <laughs> but also too my mom was like now now christina that's just how things were back in the day i'm like yeah but still birth control existed back well in it's the it's the every sperm is sacred uh bit from every monty python right like, yeah. we have there's like 25 kids that they do the whole dance with. It was pretty messed up of uh, Harry Jones, by the way, to, to groom all those kids at the drag show. No. <laughs> yeah, Texas is already implementing a bill to ban kids from attending drag shows, but nothing about mass shootings. And I'm like... By the way, I wanted to make another Monty Python reference because uh, there's a scene in this with this with the flagellate, like the flagellators or whatever. Like I don't, I don't know that <laughs> uh, when they're walking through the thing and they're hitting themselves, and, and it's like, yeah. and it's played for comedy, right? Like as the, it's like a quick thing. The same way that in Monty Python they have the boards, the guy, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. guys hitting themselves with the boards. They do a very similar thing where as the carriage approaches, you just see these guys flagellating themselves. It's good. <laughs> I remember that. It's good. Um, one, one other thing I want to talk about with the, uh, and, and I need to, and I need to, you know, I'm feeling better. But, uh, <laughs> but one, one more thing I wanted to talk about, right? Like this is this city, uh, Pescia is, is where it's located. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting and, locale. And there's yeah. a history behind it, right? Well, this is where, yeah, this is where the actual story took place. Uh, of yeah, Benedetta. I'm, like, I'm trying to set it up all, for you. Yes. Yeah. I understand. But, but, um, but no, I, I think it's, that they kind of have the tourism element like 
uh, where, where they're talking about how, you know, the, the much better known city is Assisi, which, you know, is, is where St. Francis was from and, and got the, got the uh, animals. Yeah. And, and he had the stigmata. He had the stigmatism. Um, no, he had the stigmata and kick ass you know, ministry song, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, they, they have the, the bishop guy, right? Like the, they're incredible. Well, he's not a bishop. He's a, I don't know what, what rank he is. The, the one guy's the nuncio or whatever. I don't, I don't remember what rank the, uh, the guy who's like actually in the comment that's like the local person. Um, but the, he's talking about how, you know, no one, no one really ever knew about, um, like he's bitching about this the whole movie, right? Like nobody knows about Pescia. Like the Pope, like doesn't pay any attention to it. It's a city that nobody pays attention to. And then when she has the stigmata the first time, he's like, well, nobody knew about, you know, Assisi till St. Francis put it on the map. And I feel like that's such like a, a ruthless kind of uh, comment about maybe not like capitalism, but like, that tourist vibe to it almost you know what i, I mean, mean i think i think capitalism was kind of started by the catholic church if you think about it yeah because it, it was kind of the first way where like people could work their way up from mineral management to become you know uh the ceo um which is what everybody tells you capitalism is and but like there's all these miracles going on at this time right like the catholic church has like a billion fucking saints and uh you know um, where's Matt Legacius book, by the way, a billion saints, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, also the worst boondock saint sequel, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah. So like the Catholic church, cause these miracles would happen and then people, you know, would work their way up the ranks, probably, you know, a little money on the side or whatever. And, and they would get their, they uh, call it an indulgence folks. <laughs> um, indulging something, no, <laughs> indulging the pocketbooks. Hey, um, am I right? <laughs> but like it, it's the whole thing's kind of uh fascinating like this whole time period because you have to really like you realize throughout the movie like these are very backwards people and and the the rabble kind of in the city more than anything right like you yeah they don't nobody understands like what the plague even is let alone how to get it right i mean there's, there's not like education level is purposely low because again an uneducated and per an ignorant populace are easier to control so yeah. like it's not it, it's not in the Catholic Church's best interest to educate the people or to allow them resources to even educate themselves like you want a soft and compliant worshipful flock. Yeah. By the way, uh <laughs> the, they don't even know how it's caught. It made me think uh babe it's okay. I used a condom. You can't get the plague that way. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of the band Flock of Seagull for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> um no but like yeah like but throughout the movie right like as things get worse as things worsen as the plague really does show up in the city um like it, it's it's interesting that like even the people that don't believe like the most cynical uh co i guess towards the end of it not really like you know like everyone kind of realized like oh shit like maybe there is a god maybe he's mad and like it's funny to see them revert to you that think? like almost um <laughs> like tribal or primitive way of thinking like almost immediately in this movie you know what i mean like it goes from like well you know the rabble might think this like the people in the city that are just kind of congregating around the the nunnery but like you know we're we're like a little bit more cynical like even even the the reverend mother and the you know what i mean like nuns and the thing like they're like you know that we don't really buy into this whole jesus thing it's like more of a political destination and then uh the second things get bad they're all like, God is mad at us. We did something. That's a comet. That's a comet. Yeah. <laughs> it's putting bisexual lighting all over everything. Yeah. <laughs> who, who knew that's how God invented bisexual lighting was through comets? Yeah. 
God, it doesn't even God. make any sense for the light. Like, I mean, I I think it's, it was a gorgeous scene, but the comet's bright red, and everything gets uh, the bisexual lady. <laughs> the comet walks so Christina could run. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Christina just permanently has a comet uh, above her room. Yeah, yeah, people don't know this. It's, it's yeah, I did hear something, and I'm like, oh, shit, is this it? <laughs> We're very into practical effects on this show, and we take it to an extreme example. Yeah. But I think I think Verho Verhoeven co-wrote this, and like, which is amazing. Like, he, he did a really good did, job. Did he actually co-write it, or, or is it just he has a writer's credit because he, he went through it? No, he, kind he of... co-wrote it. I have a clip okay. about Verhoeven writing Okay, no um, problem. I, I always ask that because I, I don't know for a fact. Uh, and sometimes Verhoeven like, writes all of his own movies. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting we talked about action Jesus because uh, robot Jesus, like obviously in in RoboCop, he was kind of making a an, like a, a robotic Jesus figure, right? Like to, to robotic Reagan Jesus, I guess almost. And yeah. it's funny that in in this movie you have action Jesus. Like you know, next time he's gonna have casual Jesus, he's gonna come up and be all cool and be like, you know. <laughs> Did you guys? I, I'm not trying to pull an Andy here, but have you guys ever seen the movie Hamlet Two? Yes, it's on my to watch list. I have missed it's, that because it wait came a out minute. Of you mean you mean you never seen Rock Me, Rock Me, Rock Me, Rock Sexy, me Jesus. sexy Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Steve Coogan vehicle. It's a comedy. No, I, I know uh, what it is. It's just um, it I think I thought out, of the yeah, kid. My kids were real small, handle. and it was just one of those movies I missed that I haven't got caught back up on. Oh, it's Catherine so Keener's in it. Amy Poehler. Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Shue is great in it. She's awesome. Yeah, it's really, it's 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 really good. Like I. It's got it's got like half the cast of Spring Awakening, the musical, too. Yeah, so that's it, great. It's 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 pretty awesome. It has nothing to do with this film at all, but uh, <laughs> the invocation of sexy Jesus like let me started me down that road. We so, had to do it. Had to do it, folks. Had all right, this it. is uh, masked masked uh, COVID Barrett and talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sh shout out Thanks. to um, Gabe's team is in uh, Cannes right now, working on selling one of his films. So, oh wow, oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Get, get that money, Gabe and Co. <laughs> um, well, somebody gave this book to me, a Dutch scriptwriter, in fact, and uh, that uh, I worked with a lot and thought that it was, was a, mo a movie. So I read it and I was so surprised what happened in the 17th century in six, 1625. In, in the city of Pescia in Italy, um, between two women, two nuns in the Theatine um, convent. Um, in an atmosphere of religion at that time, which would be the Roman Catholic religion, um, it would be unheard of that two women would have a relationship, a sexual relationship. In fact, most men would say this is impossible. In fact, that's also a line in the movie. And a, a woman can never be attracted to, to a woman. Of course, the, it, it was expressing at that time that something that, like lesbianism, which word did not exist even at that time, was absolutely forbidden or just could not happen. And I think that was so intriguing if, if we see what happened in 1625, how people, our people, the Western European people, how they were uh, thinking about uh, a lesbian love story um, and what where we are now 
isn't it? I mean, we are probably not completely there, but I, I think we have made a lot of progress. And I thought the differences between then and now was also a reason to do the movie. I thought it would be interesting to tell people this is how we how we looked at at life in at that period. So, as and then of course it was a, a really interesting story because uh, that she she went to trial. Of course, she was accused of having a sexual uh, lesbian relationship. So I think there was a plot kind of a certain narrative. Uh, of course, the book is an academic book with hundreds of notes in the in the back. In the back but and it's not a really novel. It's not a, 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 a really a narrative. So we brought in the narrative. David Burke did that, and uh, and so based on many many things that you will find in this book, we uh, we based the script. So that's how why why I did it, how I did it, and I think um, I'm very happy that uh, that it was possible. And uh, the whole uh, filming of the movie was extremely pleasant and wonderful and warm in, on every level. So it was a great production. And uh, thank you again, Said, for do, getting this on, on the rails. So th that's my position, and that's uh, what I hope you will see uh, um, in the movie. I was, uh, I was thinking about that, how um, like, like it's an old school thing, it seems, like how you know, films are like based on uh, like not necessarily a book, but like like an idea of like like a screenwriter finds out about a cool job and then creates a story about it or or whatever, um, you know, or, or like gets a cool factoid and and wants to do it. Because I was watching in the Line of Fire and I'm just like, this is kind of an old fashioned movie because like you know they don't they don't make movies quite like this anymore where, where you know they take like this like oh what's a what is what is a uh, uh you know Secret Service agent do yeah what's that um, guy like you know uh, you know we're, we're and it's the same kind of idea of how Verhoeven got started with this one is, you know, he happened to read a book because, because I mean, like, like, you know, uh, as we kind of came up to age, it was all these insufferable, like everything like nowadays, it's just um, recycled of like movies that they saw as opposed to like trying to explore an idea like, like this. So, so it's kind of a, kind of a neat movie in that respect. I would agree. How do you oh. say the actress's name? Vir Virginie? For, I think it's, uh, hold on. Vera? I don't know. She's, I, I know she's a French actress. I know that. Lots of French actors, actors and actresses in this one. I mean, she's badass in this. I, this, I, this is the only thing I think I've, I've seen her in that I'm aware of. Why would I look? She was in, she, apparently, I haven't seen it, but she was also in L, uh, the the last movie that um, that Verhoeven did, the movie about. Uh, I, 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 oh, with that Isabel Hooper. I, I didn't. I didn't see that one. Like yeah, the, it's like uh, there's there's no robots in it. it it's it's not like a high... <laughs> yeah. Does anybody get shot in the nuts? They're well, not... I know like not, like you know it's very familiar for like a lot of directors to work with like a lot of the same like actors yeah. and actresses, and this probably sure. is the case. Yeah, I mean she's great. <laughs> like I definitely like came away and be like, wow, like what other stuff she's been in? I'm like, oh, a whole bunch of stuff I haven't seen. Okay. Yes, let's watch more of it, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm in. Good. Trying to find a how to pronounce with a with a French. Uh... I also I, I I don't know if I've invoked on this show or not, but that French TV show Call My Agent, I like that one quite a bit. And pronounce. I, I, I... Yeah, that, wait. This this. Pronouncenames.com. <laughs> okay. This, this our, like, welcome our new sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but I've I've learned a, l- a lot of French actors and actresses Virgin. from watching that show. Sounds Virgin. like I've I've learned a lot of French actors Virgin. and actresses and names that I do not know uh, from watching that show. Why are you asking me if you have the correct pronunciation? Oh, aren't you supposed to be the one telling me? Aren't you the authority here? <laughs> Put your shit together. I mean, usually whenever I watch a French film, it's a weird action movie. So, so it was kind of nice to watch something that was French, where you know people aren't getting kicked in the head or something. I mean, there's a little of that. Yeah, there wasn't that much uh, kung fu though. I mean. <laughs> Yo, I bet that Jesus could do some kung fu. We just didn't see. I, it. Yeah, no, yeah, so, it's true. probably in the deleted like, scenes. Yeah, he's doing parkour yes. with some robots. Everybody was kung fu. Yeah, he flips over team. the tables at the <gasps> like in the temple or whatever. He flips over the fucking tables and then he jumps up and it's like, <laughs> or he goes like the whole John Wick scene. How <laughs> flips the table over? Exactly. He uh he gets real he gets real sexy in this like when when uh yeah. he's being kind of seduced by Jesus and he's on the cross and he's like. It's okay to do with me. You know, I don't feel any uh crucify me. Shame. <laughs> oh god, now I think of that one scene from The Exorcist. Ah, he's got it tucked in too. Or, or, or maybe he's just <laughs> too. I mean not that I'm not that I'm like pointing out such things. Non-binary. What, what am I? What am I a right wing yeah, Twitter personality? I'm not obsessed with genitalia. They call him right wing they call him non-binary Jesus. They them Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> and we and we oh. and also too, hey Matt Walsh, we already figured out what a woman is. God is a woman. Ariana Grande already saw that. So I thought Alonis Morissette did that first. Really though? Hmm. She was literally she was literally God in a, in uh in dogma. <laughs> yeah. Remember that. Um which apparently you can't find online. Dogma that like doesn't exist online anymore. They took it off everywhere. Mm. Hmm. Kevin Smith has a much uh, less sophisticated vision of this um, grappling with faith. I think. I mean, I, I like yeah. that. I like Dogma, but like after watching this, it's like, yeah. The, well, the he top... had, yeah, George Carlin is like the head uh, head priest or whatever, which was doubly hilarious. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like forgot about that. I watched that Carlin uh, documentary, which is good, and like I forgot that was like a. If only so many comedians who look up to him and say he's an inspiration would actually listen to what he said. Yeah. About, about punching like, down, especially, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and everything. Like, people remember a few of the key bits, but, like, that guy was... Well, he got really, like, dark near the end, like Bill Hicks, where he just, just had a very bleak view of humanity. Yeah. He was like, fuck uh, it. But, like, even his daughter's not even getting him right. Like, like yeah. uh, I, I don't know if you've checked her stuff out. She, she's like a psychologist and after he passed away uh she kind of started a podcast and um mm. she's a bit like as, Jordan Peterson. as, one, as one does <laughs> I, I, you know like Apparently. uh she, she was on like jimmy Dore's show and she's like Dude. you know i think dave ruby hey, emo dragon. And just like i see you emo dragon what's up <laughs> hey buddy yeah, I mean, well, like, well, I, and, and and by the way, not to not to Andy this conversation, but the Carlin documentary is very very w- well worth watching if you get the chance. It's long; it's in two pieces, but I think that most people think most people know kind of like the the, the second third of his career very well. The cusp, 
Yeah, of course. Like the classic bits, right? But I, I like, you know, like he started off being a dude that like worked clean and like then he like made this pivot towards like, you know, the counterculture humor. But then also like the really just absolutely nihilistic, like there is no hope in humanity, like super cynical later stuff. And he would know, call like, it religion too, all the time. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, I mean, he was like saying he like cheered for hurricanes because he wanted the death toll to be as high as possible because humanity was a pox upon the planet. It was like, he also right. said, uh, he, he I was an Catholic. He said, I was a Catholic until I uh, reached the age of reason, which is a, a line that I like a lot. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you forget, like, as culturally important as he is, it's it's easy to forget how fucking funny he was. And, like, always on the right side of history, even, unfortunately, with the sort of, you know, humanity is a plague upon the planet. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've, been his, uh, I've been watching his abortion uh, stand-up. For, but we can watch maybe in the post. Like, I don't know. If yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, but, I'd, be, uh, I'd be into for that. The, the after party. Wow. No, but so I've been watching his abort, his one on abortion a lot because he really hits the fucking nail on the head. And that's like know. what? Like, like, it's like in the 70s, right? I mean, it's it's like. Uh, no, I think I it's mean, later, but like. It's is, it, is it 80s? I think it's I mean, the 90s. He was always. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Like, this, is, this isn't about George Carlin, but like, it, it's <laughs> definitely like. I came away from that documentary being like, he might be underrated. <laughs> you know he's, what I mean? He's amazing. And so much of that happened before, like any of us were even alive, right? But like, it, it's like this is a dude that like really never stopped being relevant. It's just the culture kind of both it was in nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. Of course. You get our my, best uh, fact check on it. My favorite type of people are the rehabilitated Catholics of the world who are like, oh my god, I'm so glad I left Catholicism when I did. So, I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm with you there, brother. Well, my my mom my mom was raised Catholic and in a very strict Catholic family, and uh, my grandma's incredibly like she's she she said that she's gonna get my dog baptized. That's how fucking strictly Catholic she is. She she was <laughs> like, I'm dog gonna... away from her, please. <laughs> so oh, maybe, maybe she wants to go swimming. <laughs> but do like, that. I don't know. Like my like my grandma's kind of like very very conservative, very very right wing, and Catholic, and uh, those things are intrinsically tied for her. My my grandparents met at a Republican Party uh, fundraiser. Which, uh, I don't know how the fuck I ended up like this, but wow. that was like their first. That was like their first date. I don't know, but <laughs> wait, wait, that was their first. Wow. That's... Hey, baby. <laughs> If I got hey, the date like, for us, uh, you like looking at these old white men? Yeah. Do you like, do you like oppressing <laughs> people and hoarding wealth? Boy, if I got the place. Yes, they you. did. They did like those things. They do. <laughs> Especially they the hoarding wealth part. Anyway, um, uh, oh, they're not good at it, but like they attempt it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, seven, so by the way, was it 17th century? You know, not a great time to be a woman. He did have guns. Really? I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys were familiar with this, but uh, maybe not the best time to be a woman. <laughs> uh, so you never I, really though. Like is you know like it seems wow. like we're still it seems like we're still pretty backwards on that front. Well, hey, well, white women feel like they've been persecuted and and they they they've gone through so much, and I'm over here like, bitch. Trump getting elected was not the worst thing to ever happen to women. Just stop. Yeah. Take off the pussy hat. It's just stop. <laughs> By the way, the pussy hats were kind of cursed, like as a item, right? Like, because they were like, oh, if Trump's going to say grab by the pussy, then I'm going to wear this hat with a pussy on it. It's like, what if he just grabs that? What if he just grabs your hat right off your fucking head? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the whole uh, love Trump's hate thing. I just, I, I feel like liberals were almost horny for, like, 
fear horny for Trump. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how people get uh, turned on by something that they're like completely uh, disgusted by? Like, yeah, I feel like, like Tucker Carlson every night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Green MMs. <laughs> um but yeah so i i have a clip that i wanted to watch thank fuck um this is this is uh they asked the i i don't know what the actress's name is they asked uh the Believe. actress that played the daughter um of of the, oh, okay. the yeah so they asked her about verhoven's uh feminism and i think it's just because they wanted to like they ran out of questions by this point. And the thing they're like, your question is seventeenth <laughs> century where women could be women. Girl it's the girl boss century, really. It really there was. Louise an obvious question. Of course. Uh, for me, Paul Verhoeven has been a great feminist ever since the beginning, even if there are some bad interpretations, I think, of his films. I'd like to know what your view is as a woman. It's a, a beautiful film. So is it uh, quite feminist as well, this film? Women are depicted in a complex way. Uh, the film is both uh, uh, subversive and sophisticated. Women aren't there just because you have to have some women in the film. What I love in Paul's films is that women are portrayed in all their complexity. And I think that women, that's what they have to really achieve increasingly. And this film is uh, the embodiment of uh, that approach to women. Everyone appears in one way or another to others and uh, things fall into place as time goes on. What's really important is that she is very obstinate, determined as to her fate, and the emotions are always there. So it's a huge success in this respect. Women are depicted in a complex way. They are both complex and entitled to uh, uh, experience their emotions to the hilt. Now, what about your experience? Uh, how is it working with Paul? And what's it like? What's he like as a director? He understands French, even if he doesn't speak it a great deal. Well, why is he pretending not to speak French this morning? Well, maybe that's just the way he is. Clotilde. That's I agree exactly with what Louise said. Feminism is very much there, uh, thanks to Paul's uh, approach and uh, sensitivity. And there's an animal side to things in the film, and that is parcel and parcel of the human being in all his or her complexity. Working in a film by Paul, participating in this work is a huge opportunity. In his films, there is no viewpoint. Paul lets each viewer to adopt his or her own viewpoint as to what faith can be, lies, manipulation, working with Paul. Well, he's someone who's very silent. He gives us a storyboard every morning. He is someone who has his own vision. He's quite visionary. 
nothing changes. He knows exactly what he has in his mind and what he hears. And we understand what he wants very quickly. He doesn't have to explain things in detail. Said Ben Said. So, so some historical facts. Um, Benedetta Carlini uh, was born in 1590. Benedetta. <laughs> Carlini. Um, born in, in 1590, died in 1661. So she actually, you know, lived a decent amount of time. She lived into her 70s. Um, when Bart Bartolomea uh, was giving testimony, she actually said that she was possessed by a, the spirit of a male demon known as Splenditello. Apparently, that was her. How splendid! Ooh, I like I, I like I'm to sweeten uh, my, my tea with that. You know that that's like my favorite official sweetener. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. It's uh, it's le it's limoncello mixed with uh, Splenda. Le Splendatello. <laughs> Delicious. Um, my mom gets pissed every time I do a fake Italian accent because she, she says I like I'm just terrible. What's a common like, Why would you embarrass the family that way? <laughs> it's me. Oh, how could you embarrass the family this way? But uh, yeah, so she did. She did have uh, the, <laughs> she did have the stigmata, um, in 1619. Oh, uh, T, she's got the stigmata. Then in, in 16, yeah, in 1619 again, she had uh, a heart exchange with uh, the Splendidello angel. That was the first time the angel came around. Then she has a marriage with Christ. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of different. There's, there's a... <laughs> hey, it's good. We're gonna do a better time next. I might as well go the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I love I loved uh, the the fucking nineties or the eighties uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> it was creepy oh as fuck. Oh my god, I forgot about it. I, I think I blocked it from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the timeline of this, and it's going on at the same time as like that's the, the Mario Brothers movie. The uh, it's coming. It's going on at the same time as uh, they're practically the same movie. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> It's going on at the same time as the like the Reformation in other places is beginning. Um, so right. it kind of puts it in this this thing where the Catholic Church is trying to uh, you know keep their hold on all of their different um, provinces, I would say, or you know areas, right? Because religion is as much a currency as anything else, as this movie kind of teaches us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about acquiring and maintaining power. More than anything else, like the religion is just a delivery system for that, you know, and that's I, I know I've said that before, but I mean, it's, it bears being said again and again and again, because first of all, all organized religion does it. It's just the Catholic Church did it earlier than a lot of them. And uh, to a certain degree, I guess you could say did it, quote unquote, best. But I mean, that's that's what it's all about. And like, you know, have a million movies about it. You know, like it's 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 worth mentioning, and it's it's uh, a yeah. phobia. It's actually Cuomophobia. That's exactly. <laughs> um, you call me Fredo. You call me Fredo. <laughs> I hate the liberals. That's, our, that's like calling me the N word, bro, dude. I, I don't know how the fuck. Quote, quote, like, look, like younger Cuomo, Fredo Cuomo. Like I, like I don't know how he fucking survived. Like every video he was in, he was getting in somebody's face, like yelling at them in like the way that like a frat, like a frat bro would, and it was like yeah. the strangest attacking. Yeah. You don't have to do shit to read news, do you? Like, <laughs> you just show up and, yeah. Um, such a I might, I might, uh, act like at some point my internet might give out because it's something to do with the service. 
uh, tonight. Then they do with the anti-Italian humor that you're doing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the mafia actually just nuked my my. Uh, thing. Yeah, no, I saw my my thing fade out for a second, and I just wanted to warn everyone if if I uh, if I do fade out, it's that it's it's the spirit inside of me that you know has been possessing me because I gave myself, I gave myself to Jesus. Bad internet. <laughs> Well, Jesus, don't worry. Jesus, me, me, me with shitty Wi-Fi. You think I'd have good Wi-Fi because it's Jesus, but I don't. <laughs> Where's your phone, Mac? Because I have mine hooked up save the to my computer. <laughs> well, the, Cuomo, the, the Cuomophobe thing is when, when we were on Give Them an Argument, uh, Emma Vigeland was like, no, I'm a proud Cuomophobe. I think that they need to be kept. Yeah, uh, I hate the liberals <laughs> who came up with the term Cuomosexual. Yeah. How, how do you like that now? Yeah. Well, that's that also, to the, uh, the women who Randy work Rainbow for guy, up. I kept calling Rainbow Randolph <laughs> when we did <laughs> when we did Death to Smoochie. <laughs> good, it's good. Rainbow Randolph. I just kept getting the two names confused. <laughs> Randy Rainbow. Randy Rainbow and Rainbow Randolph was Robin Williams' character in uh, Death to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie. Yeah. So we were talking about, and I kept mixing the word like the names up. <laughs> But um, I think we're talking about a Verhoeven movie, right? Yeah, I, I would love to. Yes. Uh, this, so, would the, this be a good Pride movie? That's a good question. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer it, but I mean, it, it, it certainly not in this hat. <laughs> <laughs> in any other hat, yes, but not in that hat. No, well, the I in uh, LGBTQIA, too. the I is for Italian. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and here, all this time, I thought it was intersexed. I don't know. You no. tell us, Christina. What do you think? <laughs> I, I, I think is Benedetta invited to Pride? That's the question. Is Benedetta invited to Pride? Because she yeah. certainly wasn't invited to the Mass at the end, if you saw the end. Hey, <laughs> <everybody>. <laughs> hey. You had to sit on the floor. I mean, I think it does, because, I mean, like, it, you know, this, next to, like, you know, the lesbian nun situation. But, I mean, it does answer, like, a lot of questions about, like, you know, like, ask questions about like you know your sexuality and, and within religion and whatnot like it's a sin you know you gotta repress it all but in my opinion lesbian nuns come to pride come on no, you, you can shit right next to each other it's great <laughs> well so after after my family left the catholic church i became an episcopal where you you can just be like gay or or a woman or yeah, like, yeah. And, be, and and get any <laughs> kind of job work. I get any kind of job in the clergy like they don't discriminate on that um yeah. they're like the first uh american church not to so then i kind of i think i um i i like almost weaned off my first few years of being a catholic by joining that one and then becoming you know somewhere between agnostic and atheist but yeah i mean there's also the what is it called unitarian which is like the most progressive like religion yeah, it's like unitarian all the religions uh like like um you know like they they they, they Unitarians get weird. Um, went to a Unitarian church for a short while, and uh, they get, they're way too like lefty for like they're way. It's almost <laughs> like they're doing it for the sake of just doing it, and it's weird. It, it, you know, it's one thing to want to explore like concepts uh, uh, brought up from other religions. Like like uh, there's this great um, YouTube channel I follow, uh, uh, Religion for Breakfast, where where he actually approaches various religions from around the world um, uh, and invites them to breakfast. <laughs> no, but like you know, really, really analyzes it. And, oh, you and want some flapjacks? Tell me all about the snake handling. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, no, it's, it's it's a great little show. Um, I actually dig it because he also um his expertise is on um 
historical magic, like like the actual like like mm. uh, like how magic was done like two thousand years ago, uh, which is awesome. Where did uh, the lighter fluid come from? <laughs> there's there's a there's another religion that I'm trying to find the name of that uh, it kind of just tries to combine all of the. It's not the unit like there's another one that does that too. Oh, Baha'i. Um, they they have a, a new prophet, but they consider their prophet a successor to Muhammad, Jesus, Moses, Buddha, Zoroaster, Krishna, and Abraham, and they recognize all of those, you know, as the protocol. I will not so they were like that. So they were like they were like you know what like we're gonna have Bah right. I, I can't I can't pronounce it, but it was like Bahai Bahai Lua or something, and that who, who, is, is it just like some guy? Is it some guy named Steve or something? Like who's this new no, prophet? This is Bahai. Oh, the, like, the guy's name is Bahai. I'm assuming it's a guy. Am I, am wait, Bahai man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they Who let the dogs out? Who? Very Who? important. Who? Hey, look. Everybody <laughs> knows which, of you, which of you many prophets that I recognize let the dogs out? Jesus, did you do it? Moses? <laughs> Everybody knows the hit. Most people don't remember the late career pivot towards forming their own religion. It was quite popular, actually. Yes. It it seems they worship like the dog. It seems like it was more of a it's a more of a combination. Like seeing that because the guy's actually from uh Iran and ended up in the ottoman empire it seems like the, the the areas where the most sectarian tensions exist right like why not just mm. like say yeah, yeah yeah this all happened here's a new guy i mean we can all get around yeah, we got this new guy it's great it didn't work yeah, like, give us money <laughs> <laughs> yo what up it's me bye we got this guy super mario He'll solve all your problems he like uh punches bricks and stuff and he's, he's blessed yeah. by the holy trinity what do you need get a mushroom you get big the holy exactly. the holy uh the holy trinity of uh you know Luigi, Mario, and, and, uh, and uh, Donkey Princess Kong. Donkey Kong. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gonna go with that Princess. Uh, what's it's not Princess Buttercup. What's a princess's name? Princess, That's a, princess Peach. Princess Peach. Yes. All right. Um, gay, somebody, somebody put something out that was from like an old Nintendo Power magazine, the, the same one you know that we talked about with the last Under the Silver Lake, but that was from that. And they said that uh, Donkey Kong was born in the UK, apparently. Like, that's where they gave his location as. So my uh, my thing is that his grandfather was Tory Kong, and he was an MP for, like, a... He <laughs> <laughs> was actually cut out of Snatch as a, uh, <laughs> as a main character. Also, I will say that this is a feminist film. Like, 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 like films like I Spit on Your Grave. They're very controversial. Mm-hmm. But still, feminist film. I mean, good for her. You know, like she again, like every everybody's on the grift anyway. She managed to like you know figure. Out, and also, I like the I like the idea too that uh, you know we talked about this like you know whether it is you could interpret it as it being religious or you can interpret it as all being like in the minds of the of the beholder or whatnot. But like, it's never explicitly stated. That it's a that it's a grift necessarily any more so than any church is it's just that like she's she's got it handled she's for sure operating even if it is a, a real thing right? well her, her you know her her full name is uh benedetta greenwald carlini gmork.substack.com so. <laughs> <laughs> um t-shirts coming soon <laughs> no, I, I, I think, yeah, I think it's kind of fascinating that they never explicitly say. I like that. I mean, yeah. I think that that's that's you don't that see makes her cut her own uh, uh, forehead either, right? Like it's implied yeah. that that's what happened. But it's almost like it's like gaslighting in a way. Oh, yeah, hundred percent, right? But it's 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 like seeing it kind of turned on its head that way. It's comet so lighting. 
<laughs> like I, I love that i love the fact that like and she starts off kind of tentative at it or at least seemingly tentative and she basically just gets in there and does it even better than the people that came before you know i personally if i went to like opulent luxury from being like in like some crappy little like hovel i'd probably eh, you know knowing the times i'd check for peoples that's me but you know i'm paranoid <laughs> that way yeah well um and and this kind of landscape that they kind of put everything in, where it's it's this uh, like one one bit. But she was also very much on her, like sorry to to, to, to yeah to finish that point. She was she was also kind of like high in her own supply to a certain degree, right? She was very much believing her own hype, so it makes sense that she wouldn't check. I don't think that's a plot hole. Uh, don't believe go. the hype. Don't. <laughs> um, don't believe the hype. <laughs> see, uh, Chuck D jump off the jump off the fucking top of the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Deleted scene. Um, Vendetta is a public enemy. Uh, Benedetta. But uh, like I, I, so a point I wanted to make that I wanted to uh, hear what you guys had to say about. Um, I, I wonder, like, so this is a movie that's supposed to take place in Italy, but. You know that's where the city is, but it's taking place in France. Like it's French actors; they're speaking French. Um, and and I wonder, like, and I think I've seen last night when I was watching through this, like Verhoeven talk about it a little bit. But like the French relationship with the Catholic Church is a hell of a lot different than the Italian relationship yeah. with the Catholic Church. Like, oh, yeah, I've been listening to. Uh, I mean, I've said this like a million times, but I've been listening to Revolutions, right? Like I've listened to like eight of those of the seasons of Revolutions so far. And they talk about the French Revolution. They're and- gonna throw us a kickback for all this free advertising they get, or what? <laughs> it's just sponsor like, our show. <laughs> but by uh, by the time, um, yeah, Mike Duncan, give us a uh, give yeah, us break, little- <laughs> break something off, would you? Thanks. <laughs> but but like but it's very clear that the relationship between uh, the Catholic Church and a lot of different places was incredibly strained. With the French they didn't break away and create, I mean, like there's like French Calvinists, which is how my town got settled in like the 1600s, but they, they escaped from France because they were being persecuted. But like, besides that, like, you know, that they stayed within the realm of the Catholic church. But when the French revolution came along, they were so like upset with the tithe system and with, uh, you know, just these, these constant, like uh, corrupt hypocrisies going on. And the fact that like the King and the Pope would kind of together, um, decide who like the bishops were right like there was no election process like your priest would just kind of be appointed by the uh corrupt like you know french monarchy officials and the pope uh was all the way in italy like did really you know so they would meet they would talk about who like cardinals or something were but they wouldn't talk about uh, those details and it ended up that like people were so upset with the church at that point that like during the french revolution they, they overturned the church like they were and they did this thing called dechristianization where uh you know in the in the worst parts of the french revolution like robespierre on on crack or whatever like <laughs> like they had people literally going through churches smashing all of the ancient uh like images like the ancient relics like everything they could find right like people would just go into the churches and just beat the shit out of them and then you know the thermidorian reaction happened and they pulled it back and kind of religion was allowed again and like they they never wanted to get to that level because it was just like literally just gangs of kids running around just smashing every church they could find and like and if the priest is still there fucking the priest up too and uh so that relationship i think is incredibly different than like if he had gone to italy where the pope still is and uh assumably and and nazi pope too apparently i didn't know that he was still in the vatican but (laughs) but uh like i I think i wonder some of the the question that was uh, that was 
pointing towards, I guess, was do you think this movie could have been made in Italy or do you think making it in France was a, you know, a, a choice because of the subject matter? Um, theories on that. Also, too, like, like the language, uh, you know, back then was kind of like, you know, in Paris, they spoke France, French and uh, Roma <laughs> spoke Italian. And in between was like this, this. Um, Apparently Flava Flav is watching the show. Um, but but like you know, um, where, where they are because that's it's in northern Italy. I, I was like looking up, uh, uh, you know, where this town was. It's, yeah, it's, fuck them. Uh, um, so so they might be speaking My some kind from of... southern Italy. We don't like each other, they're basically yeah, French, <laughs> but yeah, the, the language would it be, uh, you know, basically like a hybrid between French and Italian, uh, essentially. So so it's not a surprise. That that they, they are speaking French in the film. Escargo um, gabagool is that a is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. and well, like and, and also it's this kind of uh, like all these cities, like like a minor city or a major city, is kind of populated by like peasants still. You know, like the the, the entirety of like uh, you know it started to fall away. I think. Uh, like a like a century later but like feudalism was still very much alive at this point and like the, the idea of like feudal lords and like you know we're kind of going back to that right now and it's kind of fucking uh terrifying um i i think on hulu if i'm not mistaken it, it was streaming but i didn't want to watch it with ads um uh, i i watched it on hulu and i didn't see any ads oh yeah right. same so uh, yeah, so it's kind I of my new sponsor Hulu, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I think it's I think it's kind of fascinating that it's this kind of mass of peasants that haven't really thrown off their chains in any meaningful capacity that are like, you know, and plagues coming in and it's a terrifying thing for uh for the plague to like sweep your thing right like I I I think about it sometimes when um sometimes like when the permafrost freezes they get like a little bit of bubonic plague that was like you know stuck in some ice or whatever that was stuck in a, in a dead animal or something and it's terrifying to think like the boobles like that they get on on, on the, all over their body is just i like i can't even imagine what what that would be like and i think uh we're kind of uh i, I think that we've kind of developed an immune system that wouldn't necessarily succumb to plague the same way, but like it's a horrifying fucking ailment. Well, we got monkeypox, and I keep telling people if you're vaccinated for smallpox, you're good. If not, oh well. Yeah. Um, hey, you, I, can't, I think, you can't make me get these vaccines. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a certain mindset that for sure when we think of the great italian directors we think of them they tend to be like open-minded and even like boundary pushing but there is definitely a lot of cultural resonance uh and with the catholic church still even now so i think it would have been a lot harder to get it made uh, in italy and, <laughs> and honestly like i mean ever since the french new wave like you know france has been like a very welcoming place towards like borderline heretical concepts and and like again pushing the boundaries of what can and can't be filmed and i usually use that as a goof to be like oh you know whatever they'd be able to get away with this if it was french right that's like my, my thing that i say a lot and it's, it's true it's also fucking true because there's a lot of things where it's like where's like, oh they didn't quite pull that off it's like oh but they probably could have pulled it off if they were french because there's a certain uh cultural cachet it comes from uh you know whether or not the filmmaker themselves is french uh, is french any french production and it's it's weird that like 
you just oh yeah it's like it's like giving leeway to like you know the racist grandma or something where it's like oh yeah no it's fine they're french yeah what? what's that <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, sex, it's sexual assault but it's like french sexual assault. We, don't, we don't we don't handle that in the court we just we don't have the capacity to really navigate that i, I mean that's why you know uh what's his face thought he could get away with it last angle in paris <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there you go. Yeah. But uh, I, I think oh, that Marlon Brando. This, yeah. We talked yeah, about the this. The for Marlon Brando. Yeah, <laughs> okay. everybody. Let's be clear. When we when we talked about uh, Showgirls, Super Brando Bros. <laughs> oh God, we're really talking about Showgirls. Well, so when we talked about Showgirls, uh, there was a clip of, of Verhoeven. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking. So there was a clip of Verhoeven talking about um, like the puritanical morality within. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wait, like he directed the, that film too. Yeah. yeah. And and Total Recall and uh, Starship Troopers and it's there's a marked difference either, between his uh, French art house stuff and uh, his American stuff. Yeah, it's but... better. <laughs> well, I think Starship Troopers is a masterpiece. I think oh. Starship Troopers is incredible, and I think Total Recall is incredible. I, 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 I yeah, a, and I and Robocop, Robocop too. Yeah, yeah. But we uh, already established RoboCop's a fucking masterpiece. Do I need to keep saying it? RoboCop is a cop movie. It's got everything you would want in a cop movie. Gratuitous violence. Do get shot in the nuts. It's great. <laughs> I like I like the RoboCop part where it's uh the villain is Red Foreman <laughs> from that seventy show. Yeah, like he's like he's gonna put his foot in uh RoboCop's ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um. I, I think I think so. We watched a clip of Verhoeven. I'm not trying to talk about Showgirls. He was, but he was talking about how the movie was perceived. Well, I guess I am technically for a second, but how the movie was perceived in America, right? He's like, we're very puritanical towards nudity. Like, we do not allow nudity yeah. in cinemas. Violence, where, okay. Nudity, uh, no way. And that's something yeah. I want to talk about in, the, in 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 the after party too. By the way, when it comes to ratings what, and nudity? nudity, yeah, oh, it's, it's really let's uh, get naked right. in the after party. So go uh, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, get in on that action. This is a topic that I think almost traumatized Verhoeven out of this country because the the reaction to Showgirls was so negative because of I think the sexuality and people didn't get it and people aren't like used to having like uh you know conversations about sex in that way and it might have but like so it, it's kind of fascinating. I have one more clip to play before we go to the uh the the um letterbox one-liners it's been so long since we've done them I, I, but uh this is a little bit of a long clip this is him talking about uh blasphemy in france and puritanism and i thought it was um an interesting thing because it's it's a marked contrast i think to what he was saying when he's doing his uh showgirls retrospective which is funny that lincoln center did a showgirls retrospective <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kyle Buchanan from the New York Times. His question is for Paul Verhoeven. Uh, Mr. Verhoeven, the audience at the press screening applauded the sex scene. In particular, I think the use of the Virgin Mary as a sexual aid. Can you talk about? Can you talk about having the the nerve to craft a sequence like that? Oh, you're joking, is it? No, they they applauded. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think that there was any uh, special reaction to this uh, to the scene, basically, uh, that you are referring to. You perhaps you saw that, but I didn't. I, I didn't much no, notice that. Yeah, you did. Well, yeah, sure. But uh, what do you think is more important? <laughs> uh, 
Oh, okay, well, that's anyhow your choice, but uh, I, I, I like the audience, you know. So. <laughs> That sequence, which one be, is the is the vir holy virgin? Yeah. Well, you saw the movie, isn't it? I can provide what you with can a storyboard. I add to, that, to, to basically what's, what's there? Who's that guy? We have very little time left. We'll avoid the lengthy conversations. This is Yanis Zambulakis from Athens, Greece. Congratulations to the film. I have a question to the two main actresses, Miss Efira and Miss Patakia. Uh, it has to do, but, but it's a general question. It doesn't really have to do with the movie. It's the, it has to do with the kind of hysteria and fear that uh, I think the world in cinema uh, has towards cinema nudity these last years. Uh, if you ever felt something like this uh, movie, of course, is an, is an ex exception. Uh, but I think that this kind of nudity is something uh, that belongs to the past, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so I would like from you to comment uh, on your thoughts about this hysteria, if you think that there is an hysteria and fear towards those uh, kind of uh, scenes. I hope I made myself clear. Euh, je peux répondre I'll give you an answer. Euh, moi, je pense que c'est d'abord, c'est pas une hystérie très française. I don't think it's particularly true of France, this hysteria. I haven't encountered it much. I don't think that's really the case in France. No. People are interested in sexuality. There aren't that many directors who know how to film it, but Paul Verhoeven, since the very beginning, is someone who has dealt with this major topic in an amazing way. Nudity, well, nudity is of no interest when it's not depicted in a beautiful way. That's not what Paul does. Everything was very joyful when we stripped off our clothes. Daphne, can you confirm that? Yes, everything was very joyful because uh, it uh, said so much. You forget you're naked, that there are these naked bodies. <laughs> I have the impression that even in Paul's other films, these scenes where people are nude or making love, well, they speak reams. Paul yesterday, who talked about basic instinct, and the sex scene uh, with Sharon Stone, which lasts for a very long time. It's not a love scene. You're just waiting to see when the guy is going to kill her with an ice pick. It's a scene that says something different. It's not just nudity. Of course, there is sensuality, but the scene conveys many more things than just that. And don't forget, in general, people, when they have sex, they take their clothes off. <laughs> so I, I'm stunned, basically, by the fact that we don't want to look at the reality of life. Why this puritism has been introduced is, in my opinion, wrong. Bonjour, Frédéric Rougeau, Le Mac Cinema. Wow. Okay, that got awkward. <laughs> so, Giannis Varoufakis asking the question, which is 
I didn't realize, like, I didn't remember that that's who was asking it. You know, the uh, former, like, economic chairman of Greece. Uh, that was Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do like like his answer, though. He's like, people take off their clothes in order to have sex. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, they did. Well, well, one of my, uh, it was reminding me of that Chappelle show skit where they did the uh, wife swap and Chappelle played both husbands. He was the he was the Greek uh, minister of finance under the Syri- when Syriza was in control of Greece, and he's kind of a like a leftist legend. It's kind of fat, like I'd assume he probably had a documentary that came out. He was on This Is Revolution uh, like earlier this year, and, and yeah, he was. Uh, they get some crazy guests on there, like crazy big guests. Like, but uh, yeah, so it's kind of fascinating. It was him asking the question. Is all I'm saying. It's like, you know. It's like it's like hearing like uh, if someone was like you know Cornell West here or something and you're like huh <laughs> well for some people it's like me being on this show but you know whatever <laughs> but yeah any any uh, thoughts on nudity and we need more of it yeah <laughs> I'm I'm for it I'm generally for it yes I mean why I mean women do full frontal they wear the horseshoe thing in the jig to cover up the bits but why can't men do full frontal like why, why I mean why not I mean Harvey Keitel like, did it in bad lieutenant and it looked it was fine he I feel like I've seen on drugs I feel like I've seen a lot of movies recently where people were hanging brain there was a lot of dong I've seen in recent movies I think it's been dog, more normalized so but it should be more normalized um and, and uh, yeah. uh, although, except for um, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Willem Dafoe's, because apparently that one's freaky. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I saw we, Titanic we when I was when I was like three, but like when it first came out, and I saw Kate Winslet naked, I was like, oh. A big reason why it isn't is because you know everyone's aiming for that like PG thirteen. Yeah, it's the MPAA. I mean, have you ever seen yeah. this movie? Is not yet rated like that. Documentary yeah, it's, about it's a good yeah, film. You know, it's gonna be like right. R or whatever, but also too because PG because rated R movies are not bankable anymore. I'm like, oh wow. Well, and it's, no, that's because completely... the rated R movies suck. Uh, is the problem like like you know they, they put out a bad movie and they're like, oh nobody wants to go see a rated R movie. I'm like, well maybe if you made a good rated R movie. I only watch heckin' PG movies and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but the thing is the ratings are completely arbitrary and meaningless and have have a lot to do with power structures more than anything else. And like they they're uh, private. Uh, group that is beholden to nobody who's has completely opaque uh, logic for everything that what they give ratings for. I mean, like, look back to the whole NC-17 thing, right? That was a big thing for a while. They made this rating NC-17 basically to not say things are X-rated when they're meant to be X-rated. But what did even X-rating mean? And it was just a cop-out because the, what they wanted to do is they wanted to open up the process of what constitutes it. You know, how much dick does there have to be for it to be X-rated, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're doing the new in trading system. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, and 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 the way they got out of opening up their process and explaining how they rate movies is to make an entirely new rating, which was the NC seventeen rating, which has completely fallen out of favor. And this completely private enterprise can, continues to like dish out ratings based on criteria that nobody understands, that is not publicly known, that is not accountable to anybody or anything, and we still continue to abide by it. Doctor Strange should have been rated R. That's why it all really probably should have, and I liked it a lot. But it was like I was like, God damn, this is intense. Like if I saw this when I was a kid, I mean. Also saw RoboCop when I was a kid. I had little kids were so excited to see me. They're like, Wanda! And then when they actually saw the movie came out, they were terrified. I made them cry. 
How could you have done that? That's like uh How dare like, you? I just last, wanted to be with like last night, Tommy. I just last wanted to night, be with my uh, boys. Or you yesterday. Can't blame me. That's like, dude, I, I guess I guess like conservatives haven't grown up past that stage of their development because there's uh like Matthew McConaughey spoke at the White House or whatever about gun control. And oh, but and he multiple, has shot no, guns. So multiple uh conservative like pundits or whatever were like, these are all the times Matthew McConaughey has had a gun in a movie, and it's like that is a movie. That's not like half the time. It's not even a fucking real gun. But so I don't. I don't yeah, think what do you think up. is Alec Baldwin? <laughs> <laughs> Alec Baldwin and Matthew McConaughey hanging. I would. I would watch. I would listen to a podcast of them just going back and forth. So, yeah. uh, so uh, what happened there? Uh, how'd that gun go off? <laughs> but getting back to the subject of like you know the nudity one. I, I, I honestly, I expected it to be more from what I had heard of this, which was like sort of not like moral majority panic, but definitely like, Oh, Verhoeven made an exploit, a non-exploitation movie. And that really isn't what this is. Uh, not at like all. This, this is, if anything, it's a scathing indictment of, of organized religion and power structure. And it's actually deeply sophisticated. I think like the, absolutely. And, and I was, yeah, I was blown away. Cause I was, I was like, ah, fine. I'll watch it. And then I was like, wow, that was really good. Like, why was this not in the conversation for anything for the Oscars? And I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. But because like, Pope has to approve every Oscar because you know, <laughs> we have Biden in man. the White House now. We have Biden in the White House now, so it's the papal conspiracy. Exactly. People, people thought it was going to be JFK. It's not. It's Joe Biden. Exactly. So we have popist. Uh, we have we have papal authority now vested. JFK in had the White a House. lot of sex in the White House. Like. All right, all right. After party's coming up. Keep it in your pants, everybody. I'm just. <laughs> wait, I'm just say saying. That, wait, do you say the Pope has a lot of sex or the? No, saying no, JFK. JFK. Oh yeah, so does the Pope. Weird. What about <laughs> the Pope can get it. All right, point of order. Point of order. So, so what? What I like based upon the descriptions, of what I heard, which which was reductive, which is reductive and misleading. I expected this just to be a completely different kind of movie, and it ended up like it was again. I'll use the Mulholland Drive as an example. There's like a really, uh, you know, like explicit but earned like lesbian sex scene in Mulholland drive, but it's not the point of the movie. And like, it's there for a reason. And it's very, and I feel like in that same way in Benedetta, like it's, it's earned. Right. And it just happens to be part of like the tapestry of, of the story and, and the character. And again, it's not necessarily something just there to titillate, which is what I think of when I think of like exploitation films, like it's like, Oh, this is just here for like, you know, uh, <laughs> this is just here for you to be horny to or something along those lines. Yeah. I thought it was much more interesting and I, I thought it, it fit and served the script. And I think it's annoying that like I had to find that out on my own rather than like have that be something that for Hoven, who's who's the director that like whatever you think of Showgirls, and I certainly have my opinions, I feel like has earned the right to like have a little bit of trust and leeway and to have none of that trust and leeway and to be have it just portrayed as like some stupid thing, like devoid of like value or insight was that's insulting. And like, just like how that question was insulting. Like, honestly, he didn't know better than I would have. I would have, I would have beat down those fools. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like I, I saw a quote somewhere from Verhoeven where uh, somebody asked him if all the nudity was necessary. And he goes, it's a movie. Movies aren't necessary. <laughs> That's a, a great answer, by the way. It's totally true. Yeah, a movie. I, I can't do. I, I want to learn how to do like a Dutch. It's so the Dutch accent is so strange. It uh, is. I just think of Mike Myers as gold member. Wow, 
Blunt in a, a, a pancake, bong in a blint. <laughs> We're almost to the freaking after party, people. All right. Uh, one liners, they're one. <laughs> they have lines. Uh, Hunter Biden does them. Let's hear it from you. <laughs> Is that the new intro? <laughs> yeah. Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden one liners. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, Letterbox is a place for film. It's a place where film lovers get to talk at with and to each other about the movies they love, the movies they didn't love, the movies they were strangely thirsty for, and uh, everything in between. It's a bottom up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say, not just the Siskels and Eberts. Uh, and this, of course, is best expressed in the classic working your tight five one liner format short sweet to the point these are the one-liners for benedetta for us roll them what if we kissed while taking side-by-side -side shits at the lesbian convent <laughs> <laughs> that's happening at pride this year kink of pride is happening is that what kink of pride i've never i've never fully uh understood so it's lesbian nuns taking shits side by side <laughs> That's forever. Pride Back and forth forever. <laughs> That's like a uh, battle shits in uh in, in Harold and Kuma. <laughs> I just think it's I expected to be discussing that way more than we did, by the way. Like that, that was a scene where I was like, whoa, but it's also like, well, think about the times, right? It's like, all right, yeah, but you followed that up after like the bird shit on the guy's fit head. So they also know. had the, they also had the guy dancing, the the fool on stage dancing, and he would fart into the fire and the flames would get really high. Like I loved that. <laughs> That that was high entertainment back in the day. Yeah, it's high entertainment yeah. now. And then and then uh, what's your name? The other nun, uh, like you know, cut one like like really loud um, before they were told to shush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've never been more out. turned on. <laughs> Gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss, the movie. There which you the go. Three G's. Not to be confused with the two G's, which is Gamort Greenwald, of course. Exactly. Thoughtsubstack.com. <laughs> Jesus didn't mention you, the mother of all kiss off lions. The delivery to that, like the delivery to that, even though it's French and I don't speak French, you know what I mean? Like the delivery to that is so, so fucking scornful. <laughs> oh man, it's that's I, I, I love that so much. Like, I, I, I lost it when I heard that. I was like, I just laughing my ass off. It's great. Well, I, I'd pull some shit like that if I had, was claiming that like God was speaking to me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what did God say? Oh, God God said, God said, God said, you're a bitch. God said you're a bitch. He said he wishes he didn't make you and you're a bitch. So. <laughs> Benedetta is a bad bitch. Not to be yeah, confused with the, the the bitch that I just called whoever I was referring to. <laughs> I was going to say, you, 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 you kind of yes-anded and also sort of like uh, sabotage this one. But that's... <laughs> She's a bad bitch. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> clap hand emoji. Jesus. Clap exactly. hand emoji. The real by the way, what, superstar. Well done in the background for this one, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 Jesus telling her to. There's no shame. There's no shame at Pride. <laughs> go, go ahead. Yeah, you, you could have put them sideways and, and had a different shot of Jesus. Um, All if right. this doesn't After, get everyone's a fucking critic. <laughs> If this doesn't get an Oscar nomination in the category Best Shit Joke in the Opening Scene of a Historical Drama, I'll send a particularly stern letter to the Academy. <laughs> well, too late. I hope they did. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Academy really, you know, fucked up this year in a few ways, I think. And in summation, you fucked up. 
Signed, Kraut Salad. I think uh, I think someone needs to slap the people at the academy. <laughs> I'm, I I volunteer Will Smith. Ah, <laughs> he, sla- he slaps the whole academy fucking point. <laughs> exactly. My grandma really said, talk about a second coming. <laughs> wow. I, it was it was more than a second cut. There's like there are four or five in there Cummings? somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Luke's grandma. Get your facts right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about lesbian nuns, you know? They don't they don't have to just climax once, they can climax over and over again. Because the Virgin Mary is imbued in them. This goes absolutely all the way off. And to that, I say, amen. Amen. I don't know if this one uh, loaded correctly because it has a weird thing, but let's see. Nope, apparently not. So one of them one of them will read in the after party. Oh, okay. She is committed to the bit at a level few can attain. <laughs> I agree. I agree. About that. True. True. Because who wants to stab themselves like that? <laughs> By the way, Conan, it's number it's number eight that didn't load correctly. Okay. If you're uh playing at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have those next to me, unfortunately, but yeah, we can do it later. This this one this one cracked me the fuck up when I read it last. <laughs> Half the movie. What is faith? What is God? Your body is your biggest enemy. The other half of the movie. With her bosom heaving for Christ, she breasted boobily to the nunnery and titted inside. <laughs> <laughs> Reads like a fanfic. <laughs> you must, yeah, you, know. Uh, uh, you know, you must, with me bosom heaving for Christ, uh, I must uh, breasted boobily to the nunnery and titted inside. Breasted boobily is the one that got me on that one, by the way. I, was like, <laughs> yeah, I like the alliteration. Sounds like something Trump would say. I like the anal, uh, anal alliteration. <laughs> Those are the Letterbox one-liners for Benedetta. Of course, you can follow the show on Letterboxd, which is uh, this man right here, our, our fearless host, Force Miller. You can also follow me, Kona Neutron, on Letterboxd. I'm all over it. I'm actually starting to log stuff again. I wasn't for a while, so I'm back on my bullshit. Uh, speaking of back on his bullshit, J. Andrew World is all over watching all the craziest movies you ever possibly could have thought of and a bunch that you haven't. Uh, so yeah. follow him on Letterboxd as well. Yeah, he's, he's killing it more than you are right now. <laughs> I know. I, I Look, hey, I threw a four-day festival. You know, like, yeah, yeah, it, it takes, takes a lot out of you. Uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, and then of course, uh, I'm Christina. I don't know if you do, you're on there as well. Uh, I don't know if you're doing the Johnny Depp bit yet in full swing, but oh, I'm still it. doing it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so again, Letterbox, place for film, go get it. Uh, there's a list of all the episodes that at least I'm on, aka the ones that matter, uh, <laughs> that, that are on there that if you want to catch up. Uh, you can uh, go favorite that as well. Andrew World, please take it away. All right. If you happen to be watching us right now on Twitch and you can, please subscribe. Uh, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe for free and that helps us out. So please, please do that if you can. Um, if you're watching us over on the YouTubes, um, like, subscribe, comment, hit that bell and uh watch the video to the end that, that actually really helps us out let's uh film fans find us who who uh might not know we exist and and know that they need us in our their life which they ring totally that bell need. like a virgin mary dildo thank you yes a wooden one yes i carved it just for you <laughs> it is a little rough 
<laughs> we if you don't like to look at us, you can have... <laughs> that's, that's the pitch. That's the pitch. That's it. Okay. All right. Hey, no, we, we ugly radio, not the camera. Um, <laughs> but we do have a uh, audio version, so you can go watch that. Yeah, yeah. Go listen to that if you want. Um, uh, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Or least favorite, I guess. <laughs> All of them, really. It's, they, they let anyone in. Like, yeah, you got to pay for podcasting. Oh, <laughs> podcasting. There's no bar for it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Is that, is that the is that the full? Is that the no, because we still have Patreon. I think it's oh, barely yeah. started. Really? Yeah, barely started here because we got a Patreon. And if you set up with Patreon, you could after party forever. After party forever. I gotta I gotta remember what I said on it. I had a I had a really good one tonight for our for our after party. About dildos. <laughs> no, it wasn't about no, it wasn't a one about dildos. It had a uh hold on, wait, keep going and I'll and I'll read it. But yeah, so so if you want to support us and help us out, please sign up for um uh for, for our Patreon. And um, you can have access to all of our back catalog of after parties. And, and we also uh, we, have, we have folks on that are not on in the main show too. Uh, Erica's coming on for the after party tonight, I think. If I remember correctly, I just messaged her about it. Hopefully, she remembers. Uh, and uh, yeah, there you look. If you think the main show is loot, <laughs> boy, I make it possible. <laughs> uh, um, if you if you need more Christina in your life, she has a twitch. Who, who amongst us does not? And you know, please. Go over there, subscribe to her Twitch, and you can also um, throw her some money at her Patreon. Yeah. Also, too, when you subscribe, you get cute emails of my cat, Frankie. He's literally the only reason why people subscribe. They say <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of random letters that he stepped on. Like, cat-like <laughs> typing detected. <laughs> it sounds like the beginning of Scatman. Is, is what I would this is definitely after party shit but yeah. <laughs> yes but uh, if you do want more Conan in your life um, please check out his show uh, Protonic Reversal which uh, you have coming on this week uh, it's Jem from the band Dead from Australia and of course uh, in the interim since it's been a little bit since I've been on uh, Damon Shea from Don Caballero that is a he does not give a lot of interviews. That is up now in the uh, regular feed, and seems to be doing numbers as the as the kids say. So yeah, but Gem from Dead coming up this, this week. That should be a good one. It's creeping up to episode three hundred, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. So if you have some ideas, I guess like uh, let me know so I can ignore them and do something else. Uh, entirely. Hang on, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and don't he, try uh, me with a good time. You know, and if you want some good tunes, check out uh, Dangerous Nomenclature, which uh, is available on Bandcamp. It is. And we're actually doing some tour dates in two weeks. So we're playing uh, uh, Indianapolis and Nashville and Louisville and Atlantaville. Yes. <laughs> All right. So here's here's the after party uh, one that I did. It's the Pride is a Mortal Sin after party. Uh, which is a line in the movie, remember? She said, yeah, yeah. Pride is, and then I said, it's Pride Month and everyone is talking about it. Uh, Benedetta and Christian Walker disapprove. <laughs> good. Yeah. It's good. But also, while you're helping Conan out, um, you know, he has a Patreon as well. Uh, and I do, and I don't mention it nearly enough. So and thank you, you, Andy. One of the things you can get uh, when you sign up with it is episodes of Protonic Reversal early. Yes. Yes. All of the, the words you just said are true. Yes. And uh, Forrest, you have a new show. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm doing uh we're recording the second episode tomorrow, I think. But uh not not live or anything. It's a pre-recorded and like uh audio only podcast, which I've actually I've never done before, but and, it's and one of your co-hosts is supposed to be on this show and blew us off. So yeah, uh, so it's I'm uh not gonna take it personally, but it's it's a it's a it's a complicated moving pieces uh four person show, which you know is is sounds exhausting. <laughs> but it's Kenzo, Ravana, uh Gab and I. And our first episode is up right now. It's called Red Flag uh, is the podcast. It's up on YouTube on Kenzo Shibata's channel. Um, we are pretty fucking unhinged on it. And I'm excited to see where we go moving forward. We just kind of loosely pick some topics and, and riff on them. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We ended up roasting Virgil Texas for like <laughs> five minutes because wow. Gab dated him. And um, and uh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, what, that's like, what I was saying. I was like, oh, what? So we uh, so the bit was like CIA Virgil Texas. He's been like Epstein. Like the, yeah. he's the new like the like the CIA has run out of money after uh, COVID, so they've had to hire Virgil Texas as their black book. I don't know. So that was that was the bit that I uh, advertised the show with. <laughs> Well, there yeah. you have it, folks. Uh, red flag with uh, Forrest Miller and some other people. Yep. <laughs> and others. <laughs> Kenzo, Ravana, both beloved feature guests of this show. Yes. yes. Gab, who eventually might be on a, a show at the same time as me, but has never happened yet. <laughs> at some point. It's a mystery. I believe when I see it. <laughs> she's, a, she's as missing as Virgil, Texas right now. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um I laughed way too many times today. <laughs> Y'all have had that happen before you laugh a bunch of times that you feel like really hollow inside after like you're like, huh. I've I've been laughing at everything today. I don't know if that's the healthiest thing in the world. <laughs> should I should I be a little less uh thoughty about what I laughed at? I don't know. Um <laughs> but uh be a little less yeah. jocular, would you? Thank you in advance. Is that it, Andy? Jocular. I think that's it. Well, I don't have anything else written down in my notes, so you that's know. enough. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot oh, of books. good God. We're busy. We're real busy. <laughs> yes. There's no guests, so it's not like we can have them pitch anything. We've uh, we've we've held we've held the same amount of uh, people watching through all of that, though. So you know, <laughs> that's good. I'm as shocked as anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so going to... Oh, yeah, it. subscribe to Protocoversal on YouTube. It's like eight away from a 1,000. Yeah, and I've been, oh, trying yes. to, I've been trying to throw that out whenever it, you know, whenever whenever I, I you, you mention it to be like, What's hey, can we get it over the line? Apparently, the answer is yes, but incrementally. Um, <laughs> yes, but like <laughs> over the course of years, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, it's a big, like, it's a popular show. It's just like I only put it on YouTube like last year, right? So yeah. like, I didn't put much effort we into only, it. We only support uh, incremental... Uh, <laughs> criminal change is the only change we can hope for, apparently. <laughs> we came, Thank we you. saw, he subbed. Um, <laughs> Pokemon, go to YouTube and subscribe. <laughs> Pokemon, go to the pod. Um, <laughs> no, that was a real thing that happened, y'all. Yeah, know. you had to. 2060 was something else. She was Jesus the God. worst candidate that ever. Like, she's not good at this. Sometimes you, sometimes you see someone and they're like running, and you're like, "This is this is clearly all you want." But like, this is a popularity contest, and you are not popular. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just <laughs> terrible at being popular and saying popular things. Somehow Biden fucking made it over the finish line, literally. Uh, 
every time a voter would challenge him like on something, he'd be like, well, then go vote for someone else then. Like the guy that he goes, now look fat. <laughs> yeah, I know. Amazing moment. This is to a certain degree, it made me like him more because I'm like, wow, this guy is just like doesn't get it at all. That's he, hilarious. Well, the, the fat guy was getting booed by the audience, not Biden. Yeah. He was like, now look, and everyone was like, get on, get out of here, fatty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, but yeah, this is so, clear after party material. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to say we, we should jump to the after party uh, soon. So, final thought. Which is my new way of getting uh, out any, of any conversation I'm not having a good time at. After party material. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, 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 know, I know that. We can't have too much fun here. Um, That's right. The enemy of fun. <laughs> uh, you know, starting with Christina, final thoughts. Uh, you know, what do you think about Benedetta? I, I agree with you that this is a is a is a good uh lgbtq movie i think um i think that part of it at least like i i was kind of well before i guess my last thing that i wanted to say is before i I was kind of fascinated by the point that like nobody had ever heard of like or nobody really knew that women could be attracted to each other so they were all like so it's like like, uh, it's like a a bunch of fucking right-wing podcasters or something talking when they're at the trial and the guy's like women attracted to each other this can never happen and he's like clearly this is something has happened here (laughs) <laughs> something that will change the world it is unnatural <laughs> so i think that that was a fascinating kind of part of the uh lgbtq commentary on it yeah i i i thought this movie at first i was like holy shit they're doing what with that huh <laughs> but then i was like oh there's this this film is not really just a smart film <laughs> it actually runs a little deep with calling out the hypocrisies within catholicism and I do still, and also to like, it almost kind of mirrors like with what's going on with COVID and like, and just, you know, this feeling of isolation. And I do agree that it's a really, really good um, film to watch if you're bored one day and you just want to watch something fucking wild. Anyone jerk off? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Fap Sunday. What can I, oh, Benedetta. Oh my God! They're shitting. They did what? <laughs> I'm kidding. I it's yeah. a joke. Those are my final thoughts. Oh wait, just wait. Sabotage uh, like a submarine commander. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Christina? Say I again? said eight out of ten crucifixes. Ah, there you go. Perfect. That's the rating we're going for today. All right. <laughs> All right, Conan, escargot, gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, my fe- as my as my uh as my fellow escargo gabagool folks say no uh, i i like that this is somehow a, a low-grade non-exploitation film and a scathing indictment of the catholic church and all and about the power of belief and it does all these things at the same time i really enjoyed it uh i love it was it was pretty intense this is like a pretty intense movie for the the there's action in it but like it's it's a lot of it's you know head games action and i think that that's worthwhile and it's smart the wheel or the sword i don't know (laughs) it's smart i think it's very funny at moments too it's horrific and honestly it was a damn fine watch like i i I, the performances are great the direction's awesome i'm shocked it was not even remotely in the conversation for zeitgeist for uh, the Oscars over f- honestly far lesser pictures, including the one that won. And I think that that's, that's a shame because I think this is a much more interesting movie than people assume it is. Like sometimes people, I think just assume like, Oh, I know what that's going to be. That's going to be that. And that, that isn't what this is. This is a much smarter film. And I hope it 
finds a larger audience because I think that it's pretty inventive and and really cool. And I think it's it's worth a watch. And I, I really dug it. So I'm glad we're talking about it because I feel like we have a tendency to talk about older movies a lot. So when we can talk about movies we're that doing, are... We're doing two. Uh, we're doing two. Yeah. One of my favorite... Actually, probably my favorite movie of this year, Everything Everywhere All at Once, is the next episode. I'm very excited for that as well. And, uh, you know... I think that that's uh, that that's a nice thing. That's a nice thing, and I think this is a great film. And it's it's a amongst the uh, a pantheon of great films that Verhoeven has done. It's it's well worth a watch. And what if you think it's going to be something like kind of like lame but cool? No, it's just cool. It's just a cool movie. And it's not Nuns and Come Volume Two. Yeah, if, you, if you're looking to jerk off, you know, like whatever. <laughs> I guess you could get it done. I'm or just, how no, I I think it. I think the the sexies of this were a lot more uh, sexy, obviously, than fucking showgirls. But like, no, it wasn't like uh, overtly. That's not hard. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, they were more sophisticated. I think um, it's not like you saw, you know, it's not like you saw things fully uh, going. Which you know might be traumatizing to see the the Virgin Mary, you know, as in service <laughs> of the story and in in service of the you know the uh, <clears throat> titular characters and uh, life, yeah, like, like quest for power. power. Too. And some of it's about power. And I think that that's, you know, we didn't even get into any of that, but I, you know, like it's, it's a smart movie. It's, it's, it's good. I she kind of adopted a sex slave, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's that website? Adoptasexslave.com. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, she kind of does. Like she, she I, her dad paid the convent to have her in there because she's like, feels something yep. in, in her loins and then kind of lords that over her in some fucking traumatizing ways, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the after party, which happened all the time. But the only thing that's different about it is that it's two women. Right. So. And the only thing that's different about it is these two women weren't related. And, you know, for, <laughs> for, for, uh, that character. All right. Maybe I shouldn't have brought that part of it up that, that coyly. Um, so, uh, Andy got some, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I, I love this movie. Uh, the the whole fact that uh, you know you had uh, Schrodinger's uh, Virgin Mary's crucifix uh, dildo, uh, you know, because if you're going to introduce the Virgin Mary statue in the first act, it has to become a dildo to go off in the third act. <laughs> um, it's the law. Yeah, check, off uh, check, check off still. Check, yes, yes, check, check off still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, check off dildo. Um, <laughs> but, uh, check no, off dildo. Anyways, right. uh, <laughs> move on. But but no, it was it was great because like, like uh, every little piece of this, like like uh, for, you know from the very beginning, uh, you know, giving you like, is she actually um, communing with God when the bird shit on the dude? Um, it, you know, is that uh, you know uh, you, you, they, they they set everything up right there. Um, you know, the the first scene where they introduced the uh, the 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 head nun there. Um, uh, the abbess, who also was the head nun on uh, Dune, by the way, the head nun, um, yeah, but not the, nun that gave, the head nun, but not the nun in the movie that gave head. Correct. Yes. I thought about that. But yeah, no, she was. She was in the. Uh... <laughs> that's me, that's who you're thinking about. Okay. All right. Yeah, but but no, she I was, was thinking uh, about she this was... the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you didn't bring up Dune, and I'm bringing up Dune right now because she was in both films. She was. The, I expected uh, you to bring up Sister Act. I was shocked that I did, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I brought up uh, new uh, new nuns with big guns. Yeah, that that I expected. Yes, yes, far for the course, right there. Um, mm -hmm. But but anyways, no. Um, it, it, like I said, everything's like set up beautifully in the first, you know, like like the first couple of scenes, and 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 then they just go through and tell this great story um, with, you know, honestly, I, 
just yeah i've kind of lost my track train of thought here um <laughs> but yeah it, it, they, they set everything up nicely at the beginning it goes through and and you know like leaves things open like you know is she is this jesus that she's talking is this a is this act she's jesus? put on is this a demon that she's being possessed by we don't know but that's okay yeah is it you know is, it, is she just is it just the grift is she just uh is she just grifting because they they be uh they be grifting out there. But there's enough clues there for any one of those possibilities, uh, yeah. which is which is the beautiful. And it's thing open to interpretation, which I think is powerful. Yes, but still says something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not ambiguous into the message. Which uh, we've done a lot of tonight, saying something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be in the uh, the after party. You want to hear us say more? In about yeah, in about, in about uh, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, I gotta go take my dog out for a walk. But my final thoughts are, uh, have you looked upon Ebis Benedetta with lust between women? Impossible.